0: Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. This week, we tackle the tangled web of telecommunications consolidation, all revolving around Masayoshi Son, the founder and CEO of Japanese company SoftBank. I was going to say wireless company SoftBank, but really they do so much more than just wireless. They own a bunch of technology assets. They have this $100 billion private equity fund on the side, and of course his largest U.S. asset, the fourth largest U.S. wireless company, Sprint. Sprint is officially in business to do a deal. They have been for a while, and we may have an answer on who its merger partner will be sooner rather than later. The most likely partners for a full merger at this point are T-Mobile, the third largest U.S. wireless company, and Charter, the second largest U.S. cable company. Of course, there could be a wild card or a third option. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. Joining us this week, our friends of the show, Bloomberg Wireless reporter Scott Moritz and media and cable reporter Jerry Smith. Hey, guys. Hey, Hey, Alex. Alex. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Maybe let's go through the major players and remind people of their ownership structures. Because each of these three companies, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Charter, have sort of unique ownership and... Uh, majority shareholders. So, Scott, let's start with Sprint and t Remind us of how these companies are are owned, and therefore, uh, this is relevant because if a deal is done, uh, the 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 ownership of the new combined company would have to be worked out.
1: Right. Oddly, both of these companies are foreign owned. T-Mobile is owned. Well, sixty four percent of it is owned by Deutsche Telekom, the, the large German telecom company, which has its own T-Mobile. In other parts of the world, but this T-Mobile U.S. is their most profitable of their units. Similarly, SoftBank owns 84% of Sprint. SoftBank is uh, Masayoshi Sun's enterprise based in Tokyo. Um, SoftBank got into the business uh, by acquiring a, a the number three telco in Japan. Oddly, when Sun decided to get in the U.S., he bought the number three Telco Sprint at the time in the US. Uh, but they do have the controlling shares. If there is a combination there, it's still going to remain at a foreign owned or foreign held company, presumably. Uh,
0: and what we've reported on there is that Deutsche Telekom wants to consolidate the new company's ownership, meaning that Deutsche Telekom would be the controlling shareholder of a combined Sprint Timo, at least as far as we know. This is what my sourcing has indicated for months rather than SoftBank. So this is important because in a Timo Sprint deal, SoftBank is in essence the seller. They're selling Sprint. They would still own a large portion of that company, but they would not be the controlling shareholder. So by our definition, they would be the seller. That's not the case in a Sprint Charter deal. Jerry, remind us about Charter. Who's Charter's majority owner? So Charter Communications
2: is this the second largest cable provider in the US. And its uh, largest shareholder is John Malone. Right.
0: But, I shouldn't say majority owner because he's not a majority owner. He's just their largest shareholder. He's their
2: largest shareholder. And and you know, for listeners who don't know John Malone, I mean, he's basically a pioneer of the cable industry uh, dating back to when he ran a cable company called TCI um, and then sold it to AT&T um, in 1999. So he is... You know he has a lot of sway in Charter's big strategic um, outlook. He's talked recently um, about the idea that cable companies could potentially buy a wireless company. Um, right now, the cable industry and the wireless industry are sort of, um, you know, merging in a lot of ways. Just in terms of, if you think about your phone and how much time. You spend at home and how many bits of the internet that you use over Wi-Fi. I mean, cable companies are looking at that and saying, well, you know, we should just offer wireless service. Comcast and Charter both plan to do that. But John Malone is the largest shareholder Charter and he's, um, you know, we've reported that he's been, you know, he's met with, uh, you know, in Sun Valley with um, the chairman of, of um, SoftBank and so he's potentially looking at, you know, doing some sort of deal uh, there.
0: So Jerry alluded to it there. So right now, what what Comcast and Charter uh, are doing or or theoretically will do uh, is they're they're offering their wireless service by a partnership they have with Verizon. In fact, in the mail, I got my very first Xfinity wireless service now that I live in New Jersey and get Comcast uh, flyer Um, with Comcast promoting this Xfinity brand wireless service, which actually is – is wireless service that runs on the Verizon network, but because of a deal struck years and years ago now, Comcast can brand it Xfinity Wireless Service, and then there is a back-end revenue share between Verizon and Comcast for every customer that signs up for Xfinity Wireless Service. One of the potential wildcard-slash-third options that still may happen here with Sprint is that Comcast and Charter strike a similar partnership with Sprint where they can offer branded wireless service using Sprint's network. That would be called an MVNO. You may have heard that term if you're following this story. Uh, Where there is a revenue share between Sprint and the cable companies, that deal may have better terms for the cable companies than the deal struck with Verizon years ago. So if a merger does not happen, it is possible that this MVNO with Sprint and a possible equity investment by the cable companies to boost Sprint's network in years to come may happen, but let's get back to the full merger scenarios here. Scott, why is Massa's son so desperate to
1: merge Sprint? Well, <laughs> it's hard to figure this out because um, well, it's not hard, but the, 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 the challenge was why did Masa get involved with this in the first place? He he admitted soon after buying Sprint that it was a bigger wreck than he had anticipated, and he tried to sell it briefly. Uh, and then decided to commit fully to it uh, and then waited out the the administration's change. So now he's in a what, what, what one would think could be a more favorable administration for combining T-Mobile with Sprint. This would get him to the number three position, a big, strong player in the U.S. market. The problem is uh, Sprint's in such bad shape financially that they've had to do a lot of things to – Stay afloat. They've had to hawk a lot of uh, assets, including spectrum, which is their most valuable, presumably their most valuable spectrum, uh, just to buy some time. Um, at this point, uh, Masa – well, Sprint's losing one, lost one point two billion last year. That's a lot. But wow, it's, it's down from the three point three billion they lost in twenty fifteen.
0: Yeah, they're doing great. I mean, that's you know, that's a huge. Huge improvement.
1: They are patching up some of the holes fairly well. Uh, But I don't think anyone sees Sprint having a long-term viability. Um, They can buy some more time by selling off more spectrum or borrowing against more spectrum just to have finances. But uh, what Masa is holding is is sort of a, a declining asset. And unfortunately, everyone knows it. So he has to find a way out or a way to solve it. Uh, Timo would be the, the best way to do that, being a similar kind of company. You can blend the two assets together. But yeah.
0: why, why, Scott, was Sprint more of a wreck than Massa son anticipated? W- what was it that he didn't anticipate with why it suffered so much? Was it the network quality or sort of their lack of standing in the industry? Because we have seen, as you mentioned, when he bought Sprint, it was the third largest wireless company in the mm-hmm. U.S. It is now fourth, and we've seen T-Mobile, same business, do quite well over the p- past few years.
1: Yeah. Uh, you hit it on the head, it's network. Um, what happened 10 years ago is uh, Sprint bought Nextel. Nextel was a, a very you know, a, aggressive, it was one of the more popular wireless networks, it had a very loyal customer base, had the highest paying customers. It was a, It was a home run to get them... Except for the fact that their networks weren't compatible, um this ran into a big problem. They wrote off basically the entire value of the deal and based and let the uh, network suffer. They neglected it. They didn't try to get uh, people from that network to you know continue on that network instead they tried to push them over to Sprint, which didn't have the two way radio or the walkie talkie function that nextel lovers liked anyway that's the little history behind what's going on with that network. Anyway, that that those years of neglect carried on to uh, the new ownership. This was prior to Sun, Masa Sun being involved. Um, and they had some difficulties upgrading their networks. They they went off in one direction called WiMAX, which turned out to be obsolete before it was even finished. Uh, then they restarted towards LTE, which is the 4G that we all use now. Um, it took them a long time. They had numerous problems in numerous areas, getting the network up to speed. And they were losing millions of customers every year. So I think Masa inherited that, didn't quite realize how hard it would be to turn around that network. He's just now realizing that you know it's going to take a lot more work. And I think that's why he's throwing his hands up a little bit. Although he's deeply involved with the network process and he's done some major things to help get it uh, improved to the point where it can kind of stand some, some ground against the better rivals.
0: So why is he so theoretically confident? Because if, so SoftBank announced earnings earlier this week, Masayoshi-san on the SoftBank conference call and others at SoftBank basically said, we could have an answer here, a consolidation answer sooner rather than later. Of course, later in the call, he sort of hedged on that. But, For a company that is in such rough shape, and by the way, earlier in 2016, it wasn't that long ago, Sprint was trading at $3 a share. Sprint is now trading at about $8.50. Some of that may be due to better performance. Some of it obviously has to do with this theoretical consolidation that may happen. Why is he so confident he can get something done? Does it have to do with what Sprint would look like in a new combined company in other words does he feel like either t-mobile or charter or some other option like there's enough bullishness on a 5g wireless sprint and that's why he can get something done
1: or is this just bluster well a combination of both probably it's the the notion that everything's moving to mobile um i I, that's kind of the wind in his sails in a way he might have the worst you know sailboat out there but that works in his favor. He also probably knows the price that he has to get to with Deutsche Telekom and Charter. And he probably feels, you know, now that everything's on the table, including him taking a minority stake in, in the combined businesses, if, it ha- if he has to, I think in that sense, he knows that, okay, in his mind, a sale, a sale could happen or a deal could happen. It's just going to be a matter of price.
0: So, T-Mobile, fairly straightforward. Two companies do the same thing. They would combine. There are obvious regulatory issues here from an antitrust perspective. People may remember Sprint tried to buy T-Mobile several years ago, and administrators, regulators in the the Obama administration told Masayoshi Son, don't even bother because there's no way we're going to let you get this through. That is still an open question in the Trump administration. I think many people looking at this feel like a deal still wouldn't go through. But the general idea here is you put two companies together, there is massive synergies, billions and billions of dollars of synergies if they can get together on a valuation on price. Jerry, what do we know about the Charter deal? How would that be structured and why might Charter change their tune on this? Because we've reported Charter has sort of been cool to the idea, but is there an explanation for why? putting cable and wireless, as you alluded to, John Malone wants to do this. Is there some explanation for why Charter might say, okay, we'll do it?
2: Well, you know, one thing you just touched on, the regulatory aspect. I mean, I've talked to analysts and gotten their notes, and they've said that there may be less regulatory problems if it's a cable and wireless deal just because they're not directly competing with each other. So I mean that's kind of interesting. I mean Amy Young at Macquarie, she just put out a note saying that there is this option that Sprint, T-Mobile and cable and a cable company or potentially both Charter and Comcast could combine all all four companies, which is is kind of hard to imagine, but it's it's interesting. I mean what it's been interesting to watch this all play out in the last couple of weeks. A few Sundays ago, Charter actually put out an on the record statement saying that we, um, you know, we're not interested in in buying Sprint, and which is unusual because companies almost never comment on the record about MA and for them to come out publicly and say that was pretty interesting.
0: Doubly unusual there was that there was no story really that said Charter would buy Sprint. Yeah, it was the story very was, carefully was that worded. SoftBank would buy Charter, so they were oddly not addressing that in part because they can't, because you can't come out and say we won't sell because they're a publicly traded company, so they have fiduciary responsibilities. You can't put out a carte blanche statement saying we won't sell to you no matter what price you offer. That's that's you'd run into some major shareholder lawsuits if you did that.
2: Right. I mean, if you're a publicly traded company, you and someone makes an offer to buy you, you have to take it seriously and you have to bring it to the board. Um, you know, I mean, you've reported that SoftBank is is raising money now as, for potential uh, potentially buying Charter. Um, I mean, buying Charter requires. A lot of money. It's a big company, you know. I, I think Tom Rutledge actually has some incentives where, you know, I think the company's share price needs to get somewhere around five hundred dollars a share or higher. Um, so it would be a very big company to try and digest if, if SoftBank wanted to do that. You know, s- people in the cable industry seem to think this is more about um, SoftBank trying to get T-Mobile back to the negotiating table with Sprint, and this idea of Sprint doing something with the cable guys is really just a negotiating ploy more than anything else.
0: It would be one of the largest deals of all time if SoftBank goes through with buying Charter. Charter currently has an enterprise value of, let's say, I don't know, $170, $180 billion. That's without a premium. And so so that's a market cap of about 117 billion plus another 60 or so billion in debt.
2: And you've you've reported that that uh, SoftBank's I think you know got like 60 billion in financing, right? Which doesn't 60 get to you 65 billion in anywhere financing. near that number.
0: Nowhere near it. Now now the some of that would be equity in addition to the debt because it would not be an all cash deal. And it's also possible funding could come from other places, including the Vision Fund, uh, which has. Theoretically, you know, ninety-three billion dollars uh, of capital. Less than that because they've already made some investments in other companies. In fact, many investments in other country companies. But still, you could easily get, let's say, ten or twenty billion dollars if you needed to from this private equity fund, uh, where the money is coming from SoftBank and sovereign wealth funds, and then a little bit of money from companies like Apple and Qualcomm. The idea, though, that SoftBank would throw, let's say, billion at Charter rather than merging with T-Mobile would have to be, I think, because they have done their due diligence with T-Mobile enough to come to the conclusion that they cannot see a path forward in trying a deal. Because that seems like the more logical uh, solution to Sprint's problems if they feel like a deal can get done. The question from my understanding is not only the regulatory issue, but also does Deutsche Telekom view Sprint's value the same way that SoftBank views Sprint's value? And that is a problem because Sprint would be the seller in that equation, meaning that uh, Deutsche Telekom, T-Mobile would have to buy Sprint at a certain price. In the other deal... Uh, what my sources have told me is that Softbank would actually acquire all of Sprint first for a premium on top of the 850 that it trades at now, and then would combine Sprint with Charter into a new company. So uh, Softbank sort of holds the cards there more if they can, can convince Charter to actually sell themselves. But that new company would be so levered up, it would be so in debt that I know Charter is is hesitant on doing this deal because it already has $63.2 billion in debt, and then you just throw the numbers we just talked about on top of that. Plus, Sprint is also heavily levered. Sprint has another $40 billion of debt on it. So you get a company there that is potentially on shaky footing financially, uh, whereas Charter, if it just moves course as it has planned on doing since it bought Time Warner Cable several years ago, you know, maybe a more safe bet for its investors. So that's the calculus going on right now, from my understanding, uh, among charter executives and its board members. I should note that no formal offer has been made yet. Uh, So all of this stuff has just been through our own reporting and others reporting, saying that SoftBank is considering this. So given that whole landscape, I'll ask both of you, what do you think is going to happen here? Will it be T-Mobile? Will it be Charter? Or will it be door number three? And if it is door number three, what is that?
2: I don't know. I think long term whether it, there's going to be some sort of combination between a cable company and a wireless company. And the reason for that is if you look at you know these industries, the big threat for the cable industry besides cord cutting on the video side is 5G. It's this ultra-fast wireless connections that could really pose a threat to the wired broad, uh, broadband service that the cable companies provide. So they face a threat on their internet business of wireless companies coming in and basically you know, disrupting that. The wireless companies, on the other hand, if they want to offer 5G, they actually need what's called um, like wireless backhaul. And that's actually what the cable guys are really good at. They have very um, extensive fiber optic networks. So when your phone connects to a, a tower, it's not just connecting to a tower. That tower actually connects to a whole fiber optic broadband network that the cable guys provide. So, you know, it's not a very sexy topic, but sort of if you lift, you know, beneath the surface here of both these industries, the threats that they're both facing, you can see why they would want to partner up.
0: And this idea of 5G, you start to get into the so-called Internet of Things where everything in your house or your car is connected to the Internet. So you need more mobile power, and you get that by connecting to the existing you know, cable that's in the ground already today and owned by the cable companies. Of course, you don't need to merge the two companies. You could have some sort of partnership, I suppose, and still – take advantage of that. Scott, what do you think is going to happen here?
1: Well, I think Jerry laid out the the strong logic for why there there should be combinations down the road. My prediction, though, is perhaps a year from now, we'll still be talking about what SoftBank is going to do with Sprint. I I don't think think regulators are ready to have uh, Sprint and T-Mobile combined just because the prices continue to fall because there's some real desperate players out there that are fighting the price battle. No one wants that to stop. Consumers love it. I, I don't think uh, 5G is, is looming enough in, in reality to to make it a, a concrete argument to, to make deals. I, I obviously, the as you've po- reported, uh, the structure of any kind of deal is, still seems complicated. There doesn't seem to be one clear uh, partner or, or solution to this. Obviously, T-Mobile and Sprint make the most sense, but when you don't have a willing buyer and and you have a seller that's been trying to sell it for several years, uh, you you continue to have questions about whether that can get done. So I think a year from now, we're going to have uh, Deal of the Week still talking about Sprint and what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting to me that you there's no question from a sense of optimism. When I speak with people on the Sprint side of things, I get a completely different story that when I speak to people on whoever the buyer side of things are. I mean they the 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 view of Sprint very much depends on what glasses you're looking into because uh the, the Sprint people feel like Sprint is the key to a 5G world and the buyers I think feel like Sprint is this money losing struggling company that has no end in sight, and why would I buy it now at $8.50 a share when it, less than two years ago it was at $3 a share, and the company, if you even look at the estimates, it's going to be several years more before they'll start even turning a profit. So the feeling is there's no rush from the buyer perspective, whereas Sprint seems to say, you know, look, we're 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 this great asset and we hold the cards here. So that, I think, does lend some credence to what Scott is saying, which is, it seems like there's no real reason a deal needs to happen now other than Masayoshi Son's will. So if a deal does get done, you have to sort of tip your cap, I think, to him in order to, to push the narrative. I mean, this is one man's story. That said, I don't know if a $200 billion deal for Charter with a huge debt load is actually a good idea and therefore – even if a huge price is thrown out there for Charter, I don't know if Charter says yes to that. So, you know, there's still a lot of other questions I might as well throw out. It's a possibility, I suppose, that Altice could be the cable company and not Charter uh, that that Sprint ends up doing a deal with. Right, Jerry?
2: Yeah, Altice has actually, I think, said publicly that they feel like they're too small at this point to do any kind of wireless deal in the U.S. Um, I think they would... Um, you know, I think they're looking more at some of the smaller cable companies. I mean, Cox is is family-owned and insists that it's not for sale, but I think that would be Altice's highest priority right now. Um,
0: Altice bought CableVision and Suddenlink in the U.S. a couple of years ago. For those not familiar with Altice, you may know those names. Altice is now the owner of those U.S. cable companies. Right. And they're I, a French company.
2: Right. I mean, one person we, we actually didn't mention in this conversation is Warren Buffett, and there was... You know, reports, and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when Warren Buffett and John Malone met with the chairman of SoftBank in Sun Valley a few weeks ago. And just what sort of possible deals that they were floating around in that conversation would be, it would have been very, very interesting to, um, you know, just his name alone. Warren Buffett, I mean, I think him and John Malone doing anything in the cable wireless space would be very, very interesting.
0: And last thing before we go here, I will say that if SoftBank does in fact move forward with an offer for Charter, there are two things we should mention here. One, Charter and Comcast signed a wireless agreement earlier this year that basically allows the other one to have some sort of say in the future for the next year. It might be another reason, to Scott's point, why we don't see anything in the near term, because theoretically, if Comcast didn't want Charter to merge with SoftBank – I don't know the exact details of this agreement, but it is my understanding that Comcast would have some say in whether or not a deal happened. Point two is that we know that Verizon had looked at Charter earlier this year, even though our sources indicate that Verizon sort of moved on from Charter. If, in fact, SoftBank did put out an offer for Charter, you'd have to imagine Verizon would at least think about, do we want to hand Charter over to a competitor of ours or do we want to be the company, the first company? that has this combined cable slash wireless business. So I suppose we should put that on the table too. That'll do it for this week's episode of Deal of the Week. Hope you enjoyed that. A complicated story here that we may or may not have more answers for in the coming weeks. Thanks as always for listening. You can catch our episodes on Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal or Apple Podcasts. And remember... Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts if you have a minute. It helps more listeners find us. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Jerry, where can people follow you on Twitter? At Jerry S. Smith. And Scott, where can people find you on Twitter? At Moritz
1: Dispatch.
0: And if you have any ideas uh, for future shows, please feel free to email me, asherman6 at Bloomberg.net. Sarah Patterson is our producer. Alec McCabe, head of Bloomberg Podcasts. See you next week.